of Jesus, dear brothers and sisters of Jesus, our passage for meditation today comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. This is the, the translation from the Christian Standard Bible, so it might look a little different from what you saw in your bulletin. Here's how it sounds. Pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living. But be filled by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. I love that section because you can apply it to your life instantly. Like before you even leave this building today, you can find a practical application. This is, of course, God's words, but written by St. Paul, the apostle, to the church in Ephesus, a congregation like ours. And it's all about how you do your day-to-day -day life. Maybe you notice it didn't, it didn't say contemplate the nature of your existence. It said watch carefully how you walk. Your walk is your life, but in, in, in the Bible's language, your walk is the practical way you do your life. It's the, the morning routine you have during the week. It's how you spend your Sunday afternoon. It's what you talk about around the dinner table. And St. Paul says, watch carefully how you walk. Make sure it's not foolish. When I read that, it made me think right away of a Monty Python skit called The Ministry of Silly Walks. Now, a lot of the stuff that the Monty Python crew made was crude, and some of it was sacrilegious, but this sketch always makes me laugh. It's imagining a division of the British government that's their whole purpose is to research and fund funny ways to walk. And so it's, it's just a ridiculous scene. You've got these guys in bowler hats and fancy ties strutting around the streets of London, like kicking their leg out to the side and then over their head and then jumping backwards. It's ridiculous. It's a completely inefficient way of getting around. It's nonsensical. And the joke is that it's a complete waste of time and taxpayer money. Well, the reason I thought of that when I was reading this section is because Paul wants you and I to ask, is our walk silly? Is it inefficient and nonsensical? Is the way we do our daily life a complete waste of the time that God has given us? You can look up the, the scene at your own risk, but here's the passage that, that really connects it to our, our sermon today. Pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise. It's funny when a comedian walks around silly, but you know who doesn't think it's funny is this man, Ramatula Ramat. I don't know what Mr. Ramat is doing these days, but as of one year ago, he was in Afghanistan, and his job was to clear landmines from pastures. If he walks silly, kicking his leg out to the side and then jumping backwards, he could step on a buried bomb and then have no leg. He's got to watch carefully how he walks. And that's probably closer to our situation. 
It's probably closer to say we, we don't live in a comedy sketch. We live in a landmine field, which is why God says this. Pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time. And here's why. Because the days are evil. There's a lot of evil things out there that lurk around us like landmines, right? There's evil influences on the next generation. There's evil people in power who try to take advantage of people who don't have power. There's a lot of evil that lives in my own heart and yours that is trying to get out. We live in an evil day where we have to be very careful how we walk. If you're not careful walking around this minefield of our world with all its evil, if you're foolish with the way you spend your personal time, you're going to have your defenses down when the devil launches his attacks at you. God says, don't be foolish, live wisely. If you don't pay careful attention to your interactions with other people, you might miss an opportunity to encourage somebody who desperately needs it, or you might miss an opportunity to tell someone about Jesus when, when they don't believe in him. God says, in this crazy, evil world, we need to watch carefully how we walk. We need to walk wisely. And here's the two ways we're going to look at doing that today. We walk wisely first by thinking with God's mind, and second, by getting high on God's joy. So the first way we walk wisely in our day-to-day -day life is to think with God's mind. Here's what the passage says. Don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. If you want to walk wisely, you need to understand what God wants. Now, if you were trying to understand what I want, you can't read my mind, right? You have to listen to the words that I say to you. That's how you'll know what I want. But did you know that you can, actually, you can read God's mind because he wrote it down in the Bible. The Bible is the written record of what God wants and what God thinks. He's given you access to his mind in the pages of the book sitting on your shelf at home. God says, I have written down what I want you to do, and if we're going to walk wisely through this world, we need to get to know God's mind in the Bible. There are a lot of different things God might want us to do, depending on where we are in our walk, right? So if you're a parent, what does God want you to do? You don't have to guess. You just have to find the passage in the Bible that's written to parents. So in Ephesians chapter 6, he says this, do not exasperate your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. God wants parents to raise their children in the Lord. If you're an employee, you work for a boss, what does God want you to do? You don't have to guess. Just find the section of the Bible written to people who work for someone. It says, serve wholeheartedly, as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do. God wants employees to work with all their heart. Often it's not hard to figure out what God wants, because he wrote it down. The trouble isn't figuring out what God wants, it's doing it. Because there's a lot of other ways to think about your life where you totally ignore what God wants. Right? You could go through your whole life, your daily walk, thinking about what are other people doing. What's the crowd doing? That's what I'm going to do. You could live your whole life, not with the mind of God, but thinking with your own mind, right? Saying, what's easiest for me today? 
I'm going to just do the lowest, lowest resistance thing. Or if you're more ambitious, you might say, I'm going to put in the hard work today, but I'm going to do whatever gets me ahead 20 years from now. There's a lot of ways to walk through this world, not with God's mind, but with what the Bible calls a foolish way of thinking. A couple of examples. I've been a parent for exactly six weeks. You'd think you could get something right for that short a time, right? But in six weeks, it seems like every day I find myself at some point not doing what God wants me to do as a dad, but doing what's easiest or most convenient for my schedule. I've been an employee and work for people for a lot longer than six weeks. And you'd think that over so many times, so much time, you could learn to do it right. But it seems like every day I find myself having a selfish attitude towards my work or a lazy attitude instead of what God wants. There are so many ways to fall into traps where you're not thinking with God's mind, but you're thinking about your work, your life, your parents, your friends, your relationships without thinking about what God wants. Which makes you wonder, how does God think about you? What is in God's mind when he thinks about you? Because it sure seems like he should be furious. If I had a friend who interacted with me the way I interact with God, if I had a friend every day I told them very clearly, this is what I want you to do, and they, every day they did the opposite, how many days would I wait before I stopped talking to them? You know, how, how long would it take before I just threw up my hands and said, I am finished with you, I am furious with you. It seems like God should be furious with us. And yet, this is the most stunning thing about God's will. This is, I, I can't figure this one out, but this is what God wrote from his mind in the scriptures. Read this with me. God, our Savior, wants all people to be saved. It seems like he should be mad. And yet, when he revealed his mind to us, he says he wants us to be with him in heaven. He wants to spend more time with us. Then he put his money where his mouth was. And he gave up his one and only son to suffer the consequences for all of our failures and to put away our sin forever so that we could be with him forever in heaven. I don't know why, but in God's mind, when he thinks of you, he loves you and he loves me. And if you want to walk wisely in this world, you need to understand that about God because if you think God is some angry ogre in the sky, you are not going to be walking wisely. And if you think God doesn't exist, you're not going to be walking wisely. You need to understand how much God loves you if you're going to walk wisely. Can you think about your past week with the mind of God? You know the places where you came up short last week. You know the places you failed and where you made selfish choices. So does God. Can you think about them with his mind? Which means, can you think of every one of your sins bundled up into the body of Jesus, nailed to a cross, sunk in a grave, never to be remembered again? In God's mind, you have been completely scrubbed clean by the blood of Jesus. You are perfect in God's mind. You are lovely in God's mind. And he wants nothing more than to spend forever with you. Can you think about yourself with God's mind? And can you think about the person sitting next to you with God's mind? There's an old preacher who claims he can think with his 
the mind of his wife. So they've been married 50 years. So they got a lot of more experience than I've got with marriage. But he, he says, when he walks through his daily life, something happens. He gets an email. Somebody interrupts his schedule. Something good happens, whatever. Something happens, and instantly he has his own instinctive reaction to what happened. But after 50 years, he also knows his wife's priorities, how she processes things, and he knows how his wife would respond. So it's not as though he's no, no longer an independent thinker. It's not like they went through some Vulcan mind meld or something like that. No, he's, he, in his words, he says, I have been radically supplemented so that I can think with my mind plus the mind of my wife. So what if you were radically supplemented by the mind that knows all things and by the mind that loves all people? What if as you walk through your day and you get an email, you get an interruption, or you get some good news, and instantly you have your reaction and you have the perfect reaction of God in your mind? The more you read his mind in his word, the more you'll have access to think with the mind of God. That's the first way that we can walk wisely in our day-to-day. -day. And the second way is kind of a natural conclusion from that. It means that we get high on God's joy. See, God knows that we walk in a minefield, right? There's casualties all around us. People are going down. You're getting hurt emotionally, physically. Things are bad. Days are evil. So we need a pick-me-up from time to time. We need something to lift our spirits when we're low. We need something to get us back high. Just don't do that foolishly. Here's what God says. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living. But be filled with the Spirit. Be filled by the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing and making music with your heart to the Lord. We need a pick-me-up. Just don't do it foolishly. A foolish way to get high is to get drunk on wine. Because that works for a little bit. That can raise your spirits for, for a moment. Because alcohol is a depressant. It doesn't mean it makes you sad. It means it depresses your mental function. So it puts you out of touch with reality. It breaks your brain for a moment. People who are drunk, they have all the same problems as the rest of us. They still have projects at work. They still have responsibilities. They still have bills to pay. They still have all the things that would stress somebody out, but their brain is broken. So they don't remember those things for a while. And so they go through their, their evening, wee, I have no problems whatsoever until the next morning, right? And then reality hits. As a side note, the same exact thing happens when you're high on something else. Like if you're high on adrenaline, if skydiving or something, you, you feel like you have no problems until the next day. If you're high on romantic love, it feels like you got no problems. Or if you're, if you're high on personal achievement, right? Like you've just been killing your goals and climbing the ladder, you feel like you're unstoppable until you crash. Those things aren't bad. Those things aren't bad. Just like wine is not bad. But if you rely on the high you get from any of those things, that's foolish because they all end in a crash. A wise way to get high is to be filled by God's Spirit. See, God's Spirit, it is not a depressant. The Holy Spirit is not a depressant. He does not make you out of touch with reality. Instead, he makes you more in touch with reality. 
Put it another way. Alcohol makes you forget. Adrenaline makes you forget. Falling in love makes you forget your problems. But the Holy Spirit does not make you forget your problems. He makes you remember the solution to your problems. The Holy Spirit says, despite all the stressors in your life, I'm not going to make you forget about those. I'm going to tell you the answer. Despite all your stressors, the one who's in charge of the universe is on your side. The one who runs this whole world loves you, will do anything for you, has already done everything for you by giving up his own son to guarantee that you have his presence at your side for eternity. The Holy Spirit shows you reality that you wouldn't know if you didn't believe in God. He put faith in your heart so that you know the solution to all of life's problems. That gives you the joy of God it gives you a peace in your heart. It gives you a high that doesn't end in a crash. And when you're high on God's joy, just like when you're drunk, you're more likely to sing. There are some people who only sing karaoke after a couple of beers. And there are some people who are not naturally singers by choice in this group right here. Some people who you only sing in this room with this group of people for this hour. But you do sing in this room with this group of people in this hour. I love that. I love that. You want to know why? Because when you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gladness in your heart, you're offering a bit of the Holy Spirit to the person next to you. It's like we all came in here with our baggage, with our, with our casualties from the landmines out there. We all came in here kind of down, and instead of handing me a drink, you handed me a little Holy Spirit because you spoke God's joy to me with your song. When we are high on God's spirit and sharing that high with our words, then we're living wisely. We're living wisely in the spirit. All right, putting a bow on this. We walk wisely whenever we think with God's mind and whenever we are high on God's joy. So what would that look like for you? If, let's just take the 15 minutes after service. For 15 minutes after we say amen in here, what if we lived perfectly wisely in the atrium? That means that when you see somebody you don't really know across the way, you have your thoughts like, oh, I don't think I know that person. It'd be a little awkward to go start the conversation. I'm not sure what I should do. You have your thoughts and you also have the thoughts of God. That he sent his one and only son to die for that person just like he sent his one and only son to die for you. And now he's put you in the same room so that you could speak to one another God's joy. What kind of Christian community would we have if we lived wisely every Sunday morning? What would the rest of your Sunday afternoon at home with your family on the, in the car ride, what would it look like if you were living wisely? What would your Monday morning look like as you sat down to a new week of work or a new set of emails? Let's be people. Let's be a church of people who walks wisely, who thinks with God's mind and who is high on the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have given us mind-blowing wisdom in your word. Make us wise. Help us to know what your will is and to do your will. And help us understand just how much you love us. And then unleash our voices. Unleash our voices so that we can speak and sing to one another and fill each other with joy so that we live high on your spirit for the whole week. Grant this to us for Jesus' sake. Amen.
you so much for checking out some of the content from Mount Olive Church. If you liked what you saw today, we would love it if you would subscribe to our YouTube channel or over on Spotify, subscribe to get Sermon Podcast Weekly. Also, if you checked out our sermon today, go over to mountoliveappleton.com and sign the friendship register so we know that you were blessed by our work today. God's blessings to you.
who are gathered in your homes watching our service on live stream. Honored to have you here with us. And if you track what's going on through this worship service today, you're going to notice a theme that comes up over and over. Today we're talking about wisdom. There's all sorts of ways to figure out what's wise and what's foolish. You can read the latest research or ancient philosophies. You can look from cultures all over the world. But today we're going to set all that aside and say, what does God say is a wise way to live your life? So our theme today is living wisely in the spirit. We're going to start it off by singing our opening hymn as we begin another week. Please stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We'll read responsively the words of Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. Beloved in the Lord, 
Let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this, I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins. And trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ, by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Almighty and merciful God, it is only by your gift of grace that we come into your presence and offer true and faithful service. Grant that our worship on earth may always be pleasing to you, and in the life to come, give us the fulfillment of what you have promised. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. As you might guess, all of our readings today have something to say about wisdom, and our first reading comes from the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, chapter 9, excuse me, 1 to 6, and it imagines what if wisdom were a person that you could meet and have a relationship with? What would that be like? Well, it would be something like this. Wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants, and she calls from the highest point of the city, let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come, eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways, and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson comes from the New Testament letter that St. Paul wrote to the Ephesians. It's chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. This will serve as the sermon text later today. Here God says that wisdom isn't just what you know in your head. It's how you live out with your daily life everything you know in your head. And that's why he says, watch carefully your behavior so that you can live wisely. Be very careful then how you live 
not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel for this 13th Sunday after Pentecost comes from John chapter 6, verses 51 through 58. In, in our life, you can fill yourself up and fill your brain up with all kinds of wisdom, all kinds of stories, all kinds of philosophies and ways of thinking. The most important thing to fill yourself up with is Jesus. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, very truly, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. This is the gospel of the Lord. Well, Continue by confessing our Christian faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. We'll join together to sing the hymn of the day, Let Us Ever Walk with Jesus.
Now the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds through your faith in Christ Jesus, that gift of the Holy Spirit. Let's sing to one another, create in me a clean heart. Please be seated. We'll gather our offering at this time. As we do that, be sure to grab the little black booklet in the inside of the pew. That's our friendship register. Sign your name and pass it down. This week, we will pray for Mike Stralo. Mike will be having brain surgery to remove a tumor this week. We pray for Tom Hafner, who was recently diagnosed with skin cancer. 
And we pray for Tom Welch, a former Mount Olive member and the father of our member Kayla Smith. Tom has been diagnosed with lung cancer. And we also rejoice with Ian Schaefer. Ian had successful surgery to remove his gallbladder this past week. We'll begin with our responsive prayer on the screen. Please stand. Lord of power and grace, whose eyes are on the righteous and whose ears are open to their cry, hear the prayer of your people as we come now in thankfulness for the mercies that you pour down on us new each day. We thank you for the gifts of your mighty providence. We praise you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent to be the Savior of the world. Grant that we may learn from him the great truths of the kingdom to which he bore faithful witness. Give us your Holy Spirit that we may produce the fruits of righteousness. Guard us from evil and guide us to live spirit-filled lives. We pray for the nations of the earth, subdue terror and tyranny everywhere, and call forth leaders who acknowledge that you are the Lord over all the earth. Bless our own land. May it follow that which is good and turn from all that is wicked. Lord, take care of Mike Stralo as he undergoes surgery this week. Guide the hands of the surgeon and give the doctors wisdom. If it is your will, give Mike a full and speedy recovery. And no matter what, keep his faith strong and his mind focused on you. Grant that same blessing to Tom Hafner and Tom Welch as they face their respective battles with cancer. Heal their bodies according to your will and use this dreadful illness to keep them close to you and to bring others to faith in Jesus. Father, we thank you for granting Ian Schaefer a successful surgery. May he truly appreciate the great things you have done for him. Return his strength to him so that he can serve faithfully you and others. Now hear us, Lord, as we bring you our private petitions. Guide and uphold us during our pilgrimage in this world and bring us all to our heavenly home. Receive these petitions in the name of the Prince of Life, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And we join in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We'll join together to sing our final hymn, I Pray You, Dear Lord Jesus.
and blessing. Almighty God, grant to your church the Holy Spirit and the wisdom that comes from above. Let nothing hinder your word from being freely proclaimed to the joy and edifying of Christ's holy people, so that we may serve you in steadfast faith and confess your name as long as we live. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Please be seated. Well, welcome once again to all of our worshipers, especially we've got some guests and visitors I saw coming in. We are honored to have you with us. Uh, we'd love for you to join us again and let us know if we can serve you in any other ways. We're glad to have you. Bunch of announcements today. First of all, Mount Olive School, our Lutheran school, will start its 51st consecutive year of Christian education starts this Wednesday morning. So at 8.15 on Wednesday morning, we're having an opening service right here. And you're welcome to join us. It will be live streamed if you want to join online or if you'd like to attend uh, that, that opening chapel service, you're welcome to. Just know, like most of these pews are filled with our 326 kids. So you might find yourself sitting in the narthex, but you're welcome to come join us. We'd be happy to have you. Coming up in a few weeks is the big weekend, September 12th. September 12th is the Sunday. We're going to have kickoff Sunday for the first time in a year and a half. We'll have 8 a.m. church, then three Bible studies at 915 Sunday School in there, and then a 1030, uh, another church service. It'll be back to our full menu of spiritual growth on Sunday morning. Uh, that's going to be a big day. So mark it on your calendar. September 12th, we're going to try to get as many people as possible in the building for our big kickoff Sunday. On that same week, we are launching more than 10 new Bible classes. If you want to learn uh, more about God, you can find exactly the one for you. You can sign up at MontOliveAppleton.com. So click that link and you can sign up for Bible classes starting September 12th. But if you want to go to Bible class today, we will have a special screening of Monty Python's Ministry of Silly Walks at 9.15. So uh, we do have Bible class until the 12th, but that's when the, the big ones start. We still need some more Sunday school, Sunday school teachers for that big moment. So if you can help teach little ones about Jesus, please contact me or uh, send me a note. Uh, catch me after the service. Mount Olive is also in desperate need of some custodial help. If you or someone you know would be interested in picking up some extra hours, they can be in the morning time, they can be in the afternoon, after school, they can be in the evening after work. Uh, we just need to keep our facility clean and safe for all the kids who are going to be here this year. So. We'd love to have you be part of the Mount Olive team. Reach out to the church office or the school office uh, if you're interested. And finally, thanks to everybody who helped out with our big cleanup day last week. We got a lot of stuff done, getting ready for school, but also we have a few more things to do. So this afternoon, today, 4 o'clock, uh, we're having, we need a few people to come in and help move some furniture and get some projects ready to go. If you can help, sign up in the atrium or contact Pastor Rosh. Uh, we need a few people to help out this afternoon, 4 o'clock. And very last announcement, we're going to conclude with the Sherry Bible, Sherry Krieger Bible distribution. So Sherry Krieger was a Mount Olive member who loved children, was deeply concerned about Christian education, and after she went home to her heavenly home, she established, a, or her family established, a Bible endowment fund in her memory to annually provide a new Bible to every third grader in our church. So to present the Bibles is uh, Mr. Uh, Schultz, our chairman of the Board of Christian Education. 
And I'll ask each third grader to come forward as I read your name. So first up is Perla Chavez. And Lucy Yeager. There's lots of book orders coming this school year, but those are the best books they'll get this year, right? God's richest blessings on your whole week. May you walk wisely, living by the Spirit. I'll be sure to greet you in the back. Mm -hmm.